You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Greetings once again from Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com. This is your Weekly Wrap-Up. It's August the 11th. 2017. I'm your host, Craig Hemke, and joining us as usual is Eric Sprott. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. Happy to be here. Uh, interesting that we're doing as well as we're doing uh, for reasons I would prefer not that we're not doing it for that reason. But anyway, it's it's been a great week, and uh, it could get even more exciting. We'll be sure to talk about that as we go. But before we get started, just a reminder that this weekly wrap-up segment is brought to you by the Sprott Money Precious Metal Storage Program. We have five international storage vaults and the most competitive prices in the industry. Please visit our international storage page at SprottMoney.com to learn more. All right, Eric, so we've got a lot going on. Um, but before we get started, let's talk about this, uh, what, I guess, some more fundamental stuff in the gold market, and that's the latest U.S. inflation data. A couple days ago, we got the producer price index, which actually came in negative, versus a positive inflation number. And now this morning, the consumer price index came in below expectations as well. This will greatly impact uh, Mother Yellen and her interest rate plans. Just wondering what you make of all this. Yeah, well, it is kind of ironic, right, that uh, low inflation, high gold prices. But, of course, it's because we've just gone through this last 17 years where everything's a function of the interest rate, okay? And, uh, of course, the big threat that was always made to the gold guys is that Rates are going up here, and gold's not a good thing to own in, in that kind of environment. So as you get low inflation, the, of course, the suggestion is we're not going to get those rate increases in September and probably not in December. And, of course, it goes along with the things we've discussed many times, the, the slow economy, the, the lousy car sales, the lousy retail sales, the restaurant sales, you know, all, all of the indicators that the average guy's not doing well. So I think it's we've always thought that... Uh, the rate increases were sort of a facade and really totally inappropriate, and I think the market's obviously coming around to that now as the Treasury to in 10 and 30-year Treasuries hit new low rates here almost. So it doesn't look like we're going to have rate increases, so the environment is good for precious metals. On the physical side of thing, Eric, let's go there next. We monitor, it seems like every week we talk about uh, global demand for physical gold and physical silver, though it's not always reflected in the GLD. But globally, sovereign demand seems to be going like, going crazy, or at least demand from countries uh, where that are dollar creditors like India and China and Russia. We saw some of the latest numbers in gold demand for, in, for India, but actually I saw yesterday some numbers uh, published on the small gold site uh, about Indian silver demand, which appears to be soaring. In fact, through the first half of the year, they've imported 2,600 metric tons, which is already 10% of global mine supply into India in just the first half of the year. What do you make of that? Yeah. Well, I've seen the Indians uh, import a lot of silver before, and we've sort of noted that trend uh, this year. And I, th- I think a lot of it has to do with you know people moving a little bit away from gold over there to silver. Um, and and it's a stunning amount of gold. It will be obviously twenty percent when the year is full. If it's ten percent already, I think uh, the silver uh, supply is something like twenty six thousand tons. So of course twenty six hundred tons is ten percent of that. That's for the first six months of the year. So yeah, I fully expect that uh, they will uh, snap up twenty percent. I think that will be the highest number they've ever had. And there are rumblings around that. Silver's getting tight here that, uh, you know, there's increasing uses for it 
industrially and medically and all those good things. Uh, solar, of course, is monstrous now. Uh, so silver's had a, a huge run this week, and obviously the appetite uh, for investors is going to pick up here, and investors really have been a little bit AWOL in terms of uh, both silver and gold for a while, but I think that's, uh, that's likely to change here over the very near term. Speaking of investment demand, uh, the, we noted last week the big drop over the last oh, five or six weeks in the GLD inventory and where that alleged gold might be going. But then we saw some news this week that some big-time money managers like Jeff Gunblack and uh, Ray Dalio are considering buying gold, and we'll put that in quotation marks, Eric, you know, like with our, little, yeah. you know, our fingers, because if they actually bought the real thing, they admit it would disrupt the market. So instead, they're going to buy the GLD. Uh, we could probably chortle about that a little bit. What do you, what do you make of that? Well, well, as the listeners undoubtedly know, we're not great believers in GLD and the reality of the gold being there. Uh, but I think what's interesting is uh, the fact that when Ray Dalio says you should have five to, to 10% of your portfolio in gold, you know, gold, the value of gold is like 1% of the value of all financial assets, okay? 1%. How do you get five of your portfolio in it, or let alone 10. My God, uh, the price of gold would have to go up 10 times, literally, for, for, for that to happen here, because we just don't have enough gold to satisfy that demand if everybody followed his 10% suggestion. And I think within that, I've heard, you know, guys even, I think today I heard a guy on Bloomberg say, well, you know, and if you really think the, uh, the uh, political situation could explode, you know, maybe even think about putting 15%. Well, I can guarantee if, if people even try to get to five, the price of gold and silver would have to go absolutely berserk, which, of course, some guys are calling it for, for it to go berserk here early by early 18. So it's all kind of fitting in. And, uh, of course, the, probably the more important thing is why does Ray Dalio say that? And, of course, he says it mostly because of the, um, the North Korean situation. And, 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 of course, there's always that other concern, which is is the stock market collapsing. And, and so far this week, obviously, the rhetoric on, uh, on North Korea has exploded. And it's hard to know, you know, if people are bluffing people or whether there's some, something real going on. And probably the more interesting thing is the market's showing signs. The stock market is showing signs of fading and fading quickly. And, you know, we've had these huge increase in VIX here. Uh, and there's been lots of commentary about how if there's a, a huge rise in VIX, it could set off a whole derivative explosion in the market. And uh, so we're going to stand by and see what happens here. I mean, it, it's gone up quite dramatically, and I think people rightly should be concerned. I, I don't know what the odds are of something happening in North Korea. I wouldn't give it better than 50-50 for sure, uh, because I think Trump has sort of proven that he's He's got a lot of talk there and maybe not as quite not a, quite as much action. So we'll stand by on that one. Yeah, and that was the last thing I wanted to ask you about, Eric. What, uh, in your experience, how does someone, if they're actively trying to trade this kind of stuff in the miners or or in options or whatever, you know, we've had this tremendous run this week, a complete turnaround from where we were last Friday, right? I mean, things looked pretty yeah. dismal last Friday at this time. And now we've had this huge run on on fear, really, of an event that, Almost as unthinkable, right? I mean, yeah. and and so almost you... unthinkable. But the, but the words are using are are pretty strong. I think the the logic that the president uh, uses is uh, quite uh, quite logical. 
because, you know, it's been this battle going on for uh, how many years with North Korea threatening this and threatening that. And who knows, maybe there is some legitimacy to his ability to to do something uh, that would have disastrous effects on U.S. soil or other soil for that matter, mm-hmm. right? He lost mm-hmm. something into Japan, it wouldn't be a pretty picture. So um, I would think, and it sounds to me like there is some resolve amongst the various uh, nations. We saw that NATO thing where they brought in new sanctions and every country, including Russia and China, voted for it. So there's been some resolve here. And um, obviously, if, uh, if the North Korean dictator doesn't come around here, uh, I think we can expect something to happen. They, they say it might be surgical, but who knows? North Korea at that point wouldn't have much to lose. So who, who knows what the ultimate outcome might be? Yeah, but you look at the price action and you consider it versus, you know, we're back to the highs of the year on something that probably won't happen. And I guess, and that's that's probably the biggest challenge is to how how much significance do you assign this latest move, yeah. you know, if it's just something based on fear? Well, as I said, I'd prefer the gold went up for a different reason, right? Right. Like the shackles were off, like the, the commercials aren't going to short it on the COMEX, like, or that, you know, uh, China's loading up on gold, or maybe the U.S. consumer's in buying gold. Something like that is, is what we'd really prefer, because it, it's something that uh, is more uh, sustainable. Right. Uh, whereas these uh, geopolitical things, I mean, it can be a bit, a bit of a flash in the pan, and, uh, you know, next week everything calms down, and they decide to slam gold. So, um, But it is, it is encouraging to see that the physical demand is holding up, and we've talked about that in many cases. It, we're, I think we're in a pretty good situation physically. It's just that in the paper markets, we... We, we don't always, no, we rarely win our battles, so we'll see where that ends up. And it'll be interesting to see what happened this week in the COT report, whether the commercials uh, were, were really uh, forced to uh, short more, whether, in fact, they covered going into Tuesday's uh, cutoff date. They, they might very well have, as you know, the previous COT. Man, they covered a lot of gold and silver shorts, so uh, they, they accomplished exactly what they wanted to accomplish in the, in the paper markets. Uh, whether or not we can run them over this time, well, we'll have to wait and see how it plays out. That's right. And at the end of the day, at least from an economic standpoint and some of the fundamental stuff that matters, like the CPI, that's why we started this show this week with that, because that is definitely going to have an impact on the dollar and on Yellen and the Fed's plans for the rest of the year. And that's probably where we'll pick up things next week when we get back to this. Until then, I want to thank you for your time and, and I guess wish you a good sure. weekend. Okay, Craig. All the best to you, too. See you next Friday. You got it. And from all of us here at Sprott Money News and SprottMoney.com, thank you very much for listening and have a great weekend. 